0: Good Friday morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous and Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's Friday, July twelfth, 2019. And today we are reading from the big book on page 40. We are in the first paragraph. We, we heard no more of Fred for a while, and that's in the chapter more about alcoholism. Couple of important numbers for yesterday: 7 a.m. share ID 13,142, 10 a.m. share ID 13,144. And today, re- today's readers are Judy K, Barbara E, Susan H, Carmella G, and Larry K. Overeaters Anonymous. <coughs> excuse me. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. And may I ask that you all check your phones because someone's unmuted. Thank you so very much. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Judy Kaye, would you please read the 12 Steps of OA?
1: Certainly, thank you. Thank you for your service. 12 Steps and the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. twelve. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive eaters, compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks.
2: Cutie,
0: okay. thank you so much for doing thank you so much for doing service, cutie.
3: Barbara E, would you
0: please read the twelve traditions of OA?
4: It would be my honor and thank you for doing service, Maura. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service sectors may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought will be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overreaders Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do this service. at pass.
0: And thank you for doing that service, Barbara E.
4: So how does our little meeting work?
0: Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will let you know if you have run out of time. then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book. We are in chapter more about alcoholism, and we are on page 40. We will be reading the first paragraph and commenting on that only, and it begins, we heard no more of Fred for a while. And Susan H., would you please begin reading for us?
5: Good morning. This is Susan H. in Ohio. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and a very grateful one. Um, We heard no more of Fred for a while. One day we were told that he was back in the hospital. This time he was quite shaky. He soon indicated he was anxious to see us. The story he told us is most instructive, for here was a chap absolutely convinced he had to stop drinking, who had no excuse for drinking, who exhibited splendid judgment and determination in all his concerns, yet was flat on his back, nevertheless. It's a short little paragraph, but it really, um, yeah, it summarizes what we already heard about Fred, that he had a great life. He seemed to have it all, and he seemed to have such good judgment in all his other affairs. He had the knowledge of the condition And he had plans to succeed over this seemingly hopeless disease, but here he was again, on his back. The difference is now he was asking for help. I think that the disease actually convinced him. It beat him to a state of reasonableness that getting assistance and direction was the only way he could he could deal with this disease, and this relates to me so much. Um, one of my least favorite things is to reach out for help and ask and admit admit my craziness. But uh, yeah, recovered or not, I'm still <laughs> just just as just as. As powerless over this disease. Uh, it's, it's there and yeah, I, I get my daily reprieve that's wonderful. And I can even get my daily reprieve over uh, compulsive thinking if I continue to work day and night. Uh, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish and uh, that has never been truer for me. Um, I'm grateful for who I am. My worst days now are so much better than the best days I had when I was in the food. And I've been given so much by by aligning myself with a higher power that I didn't even recognize. So... um I hope that was uh, related to my paragraph, but I'm very grateful and uh, I will pass.
0: Thanks Susan H. for your service. Thank you so very much this morning. So if you haven't shared in the last day or two and you'd like to, would you please give me your first name and last initial, say it clearly and say it one time and I will repeat back whoever I hear. Who would like Barbara, to share?
4: Barbara, E for Egbert. Barbara
0: E, Vicky v. E. Kim,
3: Kim G. I'm
0: sorry. Was there a Vicky? Vicky V, Vicky V, v. C. v. C. Kim G. Larry K, Larry K, Janet Ginger e. C, Hannah Ginger L. C. I'm sorry. Say again. Janet B. Janet B. I have Barbara E., Vicky Z., Kim G., Larry K., Ginger C., Janet B. Barbara E., please get us started.
4: Good morning. Can I be heard? Clearly. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I was indeed ashamed of my failure to stop from my compulsive overeating. My obese body my boomeranging from a size two to a size 24 in the course of one year. I would work so hard to control my compulsive reading. And then for no reason at all, I'd say, okay, I'm through, I'm convinced, I can do it on my own. You might need the program, whatever the flavor of the year was, Weight Watcher Diet Center tops, I now knew enough on my own. My forgetter was once again activated. I was indeed like Fred, successful at my job, but as far as my disease was concerned, I was blind. Again, thinking my self-knowledge would suffice. After all, I had a PhD in dieting. I've been dieting all my life, but never realizing I had a spiritual malady, a true soul sickness. So inevitably, going back to the excessive overeating, always feeling angry when things didn't go my way. But it was your fault, certainly not mine. I was maladjusted to life, and I ate to feel better or just to feel nothing. I was emotionally stunted. I'd never grown up. I was a chameleon changing my colors so you would think I was a grand girl, but I wasn't. I wanted everyone to follow my script. I couldn't manage my own life. Why the heck did I think I was qualified to manage yours? And I did have a giant hole in my soul. I judged you and the world harshly. When a 300-pound woman stood up and looked out at our face-to-face meeting and said she'd been rocketed to the fourth dimension, I thought this woman would never fit on any rocket ship. I was that cruel. But... I'm not that same judgmental woman today. And it's due to my diligently working all the steps every day, especially two, 10, 11, and 12. I learned that there's a bit of me in all the examples we've read about so far, and we'll read about in the next few days. They are me. I am humbled to finally accept I need and have a higher power to guide me on my journey, that I am no longer that harsh, judgmental, sarcastic person, that the program, the fellowship, my sponsors, and you, my sponsors, and sponsees, and by doing service, have changed my outlook on life. So if you're new or returning or struggling, don't give up on yourself. God doesn't make junk. We're just doing our best one day at a time and together I believe we can do what we could never do alone. Thank you, my fellows. I pass.
0: Spot on timing. Thank you, Ms. Barbara E. And Vicky V, it is your turn, please.
6: Thank you, Maura. Hi, this is Vicki V from New York. Can I be heard? Clearly very good thank you thank you for your service and the last two speakers wow you just totally hit where i'm at today flat on my back <laughs> um i came into this program last september desperate hopeless uh sugar addict um would have rather have been dead because i couldn't understand why i could never give it up uh due to my higher power which is god this program um and my surrender i am a recovered sugar addict today but still find myself flat on my back because like you all said, if I did not follow the course of this program and do what I, I, well, I don't want to say no, because it's not about what I know. It's about what I don't know. But what was working, I stopped doing because I started feeling good. And then all of a sudden, just recently in the last month, life got tough. And I was having feelings that were making me feel overwhelmed and uncontrollable and uncomfortable. And one day at a time, I noticed that I started edging God out. And so just two days ago, I had this spiritual awakening because I'm like, why am I not feeling that? I know I used to sit in the light and I couldn't even believe it, but I did. And I'm like, what changed? Okay, so my spiritual fitness changed. Because I was putting my spiritual fitness first. That's how I got to step nine successfully, if you will. And all of a sudden, I started feeling better. So I'm like, oh, let's get to the gym first. Um, let's speak to a sponsee first. Let's put everything else first. And it was like, whew, that's what I have to do. So the last two days, and just for today, I you know, got up and I allowed myself to be guided By my higher power and all of a sudden it came back to me and I got up and the writing came out and then after the writing the God box and after the God box pages 86 to 89 and after that the prayer and then after that the meditation and before I know it 40 minutes have gone by and I'm on a cloud now I want to say that at this point I'm not recovered because while I'm not eating my alcoholic foods of what brought me into this program I have found myself eating off my meal plan and feeling ashamed and that's how I knew uh uh-oh something's wrong so I just want to thank all of you for telling me things that all this time I'm like yeah that's not me I am a I am a a compulsive overeater whether I want to believe it or not and today I believe it so thank you for your service thank you for listening to me and uh, I pass thank you
0: Vicki V. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Larry Kay.
3: Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I'm a, I've been recovered since January 2011. I exhibited splendid judgment and determination in all his other concerns, yet with flat on his back, nevertheless. You know, I have to tell you, I got my master's in relapse, so I can make some stuff happen. Um, this is a story about a man who would not accept step one. And therefore, he continued to, to go back to the alcohol. But I kind of want to take it from a different angle for people who, who, um, who recovered and relapsed. And, and how could that happen? And, and I specifically was struck with a memory when we were reading it this morning of my home group about five years ago. And we were doing chapter There's a Solution, and, and we read, the Lack of Power is Our Dilemma. And I was sitting there, and the leader of the group was a chiropractor. And I have a master's in accounting. And the woman to the, next, to the right of me is a nurse practitioner. And the woman to the left of me is a lawyer who graduated from Yale. And across from me was a doctor that also teaches, um, an OBGYN that teaches at medical school. And next to him was a professor um, at a college, local college. And I just kept to myself, out. lack of intellect is not a problem. Lack of, uh, you know, lack of uh, knowledge is not our problem. And at that time, only one of us was in relapse. And when I reflect back on that, I am the only one now that has stayed recovered. Every single other person that I am talking about is in relapse right now. And that's the scariness of this. If we get out of touch with the idea that we're powerless, even if we've gone through the steps, we're going to go back. I've been in this big book fellowship now. Um, for about eight years. And, and I remember in the beginning, you know, being working with a lot of people that had been in 12 step programs for a long time, but they weren't working the 12 steps. They weren't doing it according to the big book. They were doing a tool only program and they were going back to the food. And that made sense to me. But I have to tell you, now eight years in, I'm seeing a lot of people who have worked the steps in the big book and they still relapse. So, why is that? You know, I've never seen someone actively engaged in 10, 11, and 12 that has gone back to the food, and that comforts me, and it drives me to work this program even harder. You know, what I often see is people not doing 10 and 11 and using step 12 as a drug, trying to get a hit off of working with people. I also see people who are only doing step 12, and they get blocked up in 10 and 11, and they go back to the food. And think about it. If you're doing 10, 11 on a daily basis, you're doing four through 9. If you're doing Step 12 on a daily basis, you're doing Steps 1, 2, and 3. The reality is that the big book works 100% of the time if you work it 100% of the time. And often in Step 11, I will use the line in Step 11, every day is a day I must use God's vision um, in all of my activities. If I'm not doing it every day, if I'm not using the vision of God but my own, and I'm not using it in all of my activities, I will return to the food.
0: And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim G. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Ginger C.
7: Hey, Maura. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Maura. You know, there's, when I focus in on this this paragraph, it reminds me of the, the, the crux of the problem the mental state that precedes taking the first drink, taking the first bite. The insanity is that at time after time, if you're someone like me, I will believe in a lie that tells me I can get away with it, right? There is no gurus in this program. There is no elders. There's no group of self-anointed people. There's just every single person in this program that I'm aware of got here on a losing streak just like fred but the thing with fred that i want to draw the distinction from jim jim was a we consider jim a low bottom drunk this guy didn't feel very good when when he put whiskey in his milk life wasn't going well for him whereas fred fred's a high bottom drunk fred fred things were going pretty well all was going well he had a good family we're going to learn he this guy had degrees. This guy had all you know kinds of things were going pretty well. But you know what? Whether I get here as a low bottom or a high bottom, I get drunk on the food the exact same way. Let's take a look at Fred. See, now Fred is the opposite of Jim. As I mentioned, he's high bottom, hasn't lost anything. Um, you know. And, and I thought that I couldn't possibly have this affliction because I have a good job. I've got a few dollars, a few shekels in in my bank, a shiny new car, a family that loves me, maybe a few friends if I'm lucky enough. See, Fred thought that too. You know, you with all those letters after your name. See, you get drunk on cheesecake the same way as the guy living under the bridge. You know, Fred wouldn't take step one nor would he take step two. Although he was presented with the solution, we'll find out in step three. He didn't take steps four through 12, so he never took step three. The, the, the reason you'll know if someone took step three is if they proceed with the rest of the program in order. You know what occurs to me? There's a beauty in the simplicity and the clarity of the 12 steps. What is it about the human condition that searches for the new and the complex rather than the miraculously simple this program is simple and you don't need to have a you don't need to have a degree you don't need to have a you know understanding of calculus or algebra or social science none of it all you have to be all you have to do is to be willing to own up the fact that you have a problem you are powerless and that there may be a way to power a power source greater than you as soon as Fred was able to be open to the fact that there might be a power greater than him, he would proceed. There's my timer. He would proceed through the rest of the steps and he would have a complete spiritual transformation. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much, Larry. Uh, Ginger C, good morning.
8: Your turn, good followed morning, by Janet yeah. B. Good morning, Moira. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado, and I'm just stopping at this very first sentence. We heard no more of Fred for a while, and um, yeah, my heart's almost racing just reading this because this is the reality. You know, I pick up and I buy into that greatest lie that the food's okay, and then you'll hear no more of Ginger for a while, and will I even get back? And it used to blow my mind when I would be in an OA meeting live, and the person came in and said how they binged and talked about the binge last night, but that they were here today and it was okay. And I I never had that experience, because if I binge last night, once I start, I don't stop. And you'll be lucky to see me in a year. And as I just mentioned a second ago, if I even ever get back. So if we're here today right now, you know, thank you, God, giving credit where it's always due. This is always about a higher power. I don't do this stuff. Could not, would not, and will not. So thank God for this practical program of action, that there's an answer, that there is a message, and it's what everybody's been sharing. I've got to do it. It's always into action. It's not what I'm thinking. It's always, what am I doing The spiritual life is not a theory we have to live it each and every day where is god because without a higher power i have no defense and i'm screwed and i will be back and i will be eating and i very well may die and that was my reality because the sugar brings on suicide theology in a way that i don't experience when i don't eat sugar and when i was dying three and a half years ago four years ago in the food I was like you better get to a psychiatrist because you're in you're in big trouble and then I also knew at that same moment god Ginge if you would just stop eating the sugar you wouldn't have these thoughts and these feelings but again I can't stop so thank God that there's a book with these directions that taps us into this power because that's my problem I'm powerless and I need power And I'm just so grateful that this God did not give up on me because I give up on myself over and over and over. And my life today is so full and so rich. And my job and these experiences are unbelievable. And I'm just so grateful that I'm not missing it because I'm in the food and I can't get out of bed. And with
0: that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Janet B. It's your turn. Janet Star One. Oh, They're hi. Not here. This is,
9: I'm here. Thank you. Okay. Hi, this is Janet B. Compulsive, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in New Jersey. Um, The sentence or the clause that really struck me this morning was when he said he had no excuse for drinking. And when I was in the food, I was the queen of excuses. So at first, my excuse was, well, you know, I'm miserable and that's why I'm binging. And I remember very clearly one day when this like cute guy asked me out on a date to the Beach Boys concert and I was in heaven and I went out and I binged. And I was so perplexed because I had no excuse for binging. So I told myself, well, I'm binging because I need to sabotage my happiness. And what I learned was that I, the, um, there was no real excuse. I didn't binge because I was miserable. I didn't binge because how I was raised. And I didn't binge because I was trying to sabotage anything. I binged because I couldn't not binge. And I spent six and a half years in OA binging, Um, And and I went through about 50 sponsors. I was desperate. And people said about me, oh, she must not want to stop. And I wanted to stop more than anything. My problem wasn't lack of knowledge or lack of desire. It was lack of power. And thank God I was at some OA retreat, actually binging at the retreat, and a woman stood up and said she hadn't binged in a year. And to me, that was unfathomable. And I went up to her and I asked her what she did. And she pointed me to this book and told me to read it. And what I learned through going through the steps was that my problem was a lack of power. And my solution was nothing short of a miracle. And just like Fred, circumstances made him willing to believe. That takes me to page 57, one of my favorite paragraphs in the book, where it talks about the minister's son, And it says, what is this but a miracle of healing? And that's what I needed. And then it tells me its elements are simple, which floors me. It's like, okay, here is the recipe for a miracle, a miracle, like nothing less than Moses parting the Red Sea. That kind of miracle is what God needed to do in me. And it tells me just three simple things. Circumstances made him willing to believe. When we're desperate, we're willing. Then he humbly offered himself to his maker. And three, then he knew. And I found when I was willing to believe that God could restore me to sanity, um, which started with a prayer of, God, I always thought I knew what you wanted. I'm willing to admit I'm wrong and to start over and let you show me what you're like and how to worship you. And then saying, I'll do whatever you want because my way isn't working. It was like a hand reached into my soul and yanked out the obsession. And that's the promise that's made in this book. Even so, has God restored us all 100% to our right minds. Um, And this program, again, is about a miracle. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Janet B. Okay, we are on page 40.
0: In the chapter, more about alcoholism, we read the first paragraph. We heard no more of Fred for a while. And who would like to share? Star one, give me your first name and last initial one time, and I'll repeat it back to you. Anyone want to share this morning? Carlisa C. Carlisa B. Sheila Vass- O. Vasa Sheila o. o?
10: Yes. Is that Sheila O? Yes. Vasa O. o.
0: Vasa, I got you. Tiffany P. Sue C. Tiffany P. Sue C. Was there a Sue? Yes, Sue C. Sue C. Kathy G. One more. Kathy G. There you go. Carlisa B., Shula O., Vasa O., Tiffany P., Sue C.,
11: Mm -hmm. Kathy G. Carlisa, good morning. Get us started, please. Good morning, thank you for your service. I'm always amazed um, at how this book speaks to me each each day when I read it um, it It occurred to me while I was listening and reading and that a spiritual awakening really can happen at any moment right and if i am if I know that I don't have any power when it comes to my substance, food, the the love of my life, or should I say, the former love of my life, in the way I was using it, um, then I can also then I can also start to turn, start to pivot toward some real comfort, some real s- soothing, something that really does um, cause life to pulse through me, and that was never, that was never the the sweet, sugary stuff. It was never the stuff in the bottle. It was always the breath of life. Um, and to, to me, what was blocking me was a whole lot of unresolved feelings about my past, unresolved feelings about the future, just unresolved stuff. This, these steps give me a chance to walk them and to walk out all of the stuff, all of it, in a loving, um, engaged way with the help of my guide sponsor and medical outside professionals, it gets me to walk all that blockedness out because for real, for real, I like Fred, I had a really good life. And, but like the jaywalker, I kept jumping in front of cars. So, um, something caused me, something caused me to pivot and that something is outside of myself. And, um, I just, I just am so grateful this morning to be in touch with that power. And it's just a glance away, right? It's just a turn away. So um, I, I want to just take a, make a pitch for, for everyone to just, you know, pivot this morning, look toward a power greater than oneself. And with
5: that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you,
10: Carlisa.
0: Sheila O. followed by Vasa O.
10: Hi, good morning. This is Sheila O. from Cape Cod. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, when I read this this morning with you, that um, Fred was back, and um, I just couldn't help but think of all the times that I came back. I came back. I kept coming back. And um, that was the good shepherd watching over me like a lost sheep I was a lost sheep and I kept going back to the food and the sugar and everything for comfort Um, I had my reasons like we all do I had a chronic illness since infancy but you know um, today I'm thinking about that good shepherd and I know that when I started coming to a vision for you which was just not even two months ago I'm 77, I'm going to surgery on Monday, I have PT today, and I came into OA in Chickabee, Massachusetts, and um, we had the AA people there, and they started our meeting, we didn't have any literature, in 1973, and they read from the big book, and they told us our stories, and that's how we started. So here it is, Um, I don't know how old I was now. But then, you know, the Sheila that just was self-willed and just needed her substance, I would look good. I would lose. I was a little girl then compared to what happened. But, you know, uh, I just had to keep returning to the substance. And um, my body has paid a price for it now. And... um, But I'm doing really, really well, and I'm really, really glad I kept showing up and that I got as sick as I I did, and I kept coming back. And um, now I'm back to my roots, and I'm back in the big book, and it feels wonderful. And my good shepherd loves me, and I love him, and you know I know that he's in charge of me, and uh, he's watching over me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sheila O. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Tiffany P.
12: Can you hear me more, Z? Clearly. Thank you. Please time me. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recover, compulsive over calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And, yes, I was that lost sheep. By the grace of my higher power, I was found and saved when somebody came and introduced me to the Away, and gave me this big book, and uh, I had no understanding uh, why I was doing what I was doing. Uh, there was no, I had no excuses. I just loved to eat, and I had no understanding about the disease, the uh, the allergy. I had no understanding about the mental obsession. All the mental obsession was every time I would go on a diet. And I would re-reward myself. i say, oh, you did so good, Vasa, so you can have one of this. Or you can, it's okay, you can eat for a day or two. And and I, so I could put the food down, but I could never, never keep it down. So I'm just so grateful that I was led into uh, this program. And it's very, <laughs> I came from a very, very small village in uh, in Macedonia, I didn't feel like I was any special person to God. I was, we were very poor. I didn't have the education. And I thought if I had all the knowledge, then I'd be okay. And I tried to improve myself and read all kind of psychology books. And my language was not that great. but And, and none of that, you know, stopped me from eating all the diets I tried, I went to Gloria Stevens, I went to the Weight Watchers, and I, I just decided I cannot do this any longer by myself, and I was ready to surrender, which we're going to get a little bit further. God, I can't, God can't, I can't, He can and I will let Him. So I was just so, so ready and willing to surrender, and that was the key. And uh, one day at a time, one meal at a time, one step at a time. I've been here for 33 years. By the grace of my higher power, which I call God, it's not just the physical, it's emotional, spiritual. It's like a stool. If I'm not balanced in three areas, I'm going to fall. So I don't want to fall. I had enough falls all over, my, over the years. And I'm, I do the best. I don't do perfectly, but when it comes to the food, it's down. And then everything else, I do a lot of mistakes, and that's okay. I'm so grateful that I found this program. I've been saved. I've been rescued from myself, from the food, and I just keep going. Thank you, and I pass. Maura,
0: thank you. With Ten seconds to spare, Vasa. Thank you. Tiffany P., it's your turn, followed by Sue C.
13: Hi, can I be heard? Clearly. Hi, this is Tiffany P. Thank you so much for your service. Um the the phrase standing out to me as well as uh who had no excuse for drinking and um that's standing out to me because I I just recall for years um trying to pinpoint the the event or the triggering moment in my life that, that caused me to turn to food and um seeking out if if i could just find that that moment and discover what it was and uncover it and uproot it then this food problem or for me it was this weight problem would go away and and you know i'd be fixed um i really believe that self knowledge would fix me um because for years that's what i've been told if you're you know you're an emotional eater you eat because of this or you know this must have happened in your childhood or you're blocking out some memory um so I searched and searched and all the while getting um, you know, bigger and bigger. And um it wasn't until February two thousand sixteen when I came back to this program for the second time around and walked into the middle of a, a big book meeting um and was directed to a sponsor who told me that she used uh she she took her sponsees through uh the steps using the big book that I cracked this book open and I found out my real problem that um one self knowledge was never going to fix me, and two, there was no excuse um for compulsive overeating right I could have the perfect childhood or I could have um you know a not so great childhood or or whatever um but my real problem was an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind, and unless I got to a spiritual solution, um I was going to eat myself to death. there was no middle of uh middle of uh, the road solution for me. And, um, you know, once I recognized my true powerlessness and really what my problem was, the seeking for um, some excuse or, or you know, whatever event happened early on that turned me this way stopped. Um, and I recognized that these 12 steps were, were the solution, and I didn't have to keep searching anymore. Um, and with the work doing the work of the stats, my inventories and and turning my character defects over and making amends and living in ten eleven and twelve and sponsoring uh the freedom from seeking out why, you know, I was a compulsive overeater lifted and the freedom, especially from the food, obviously, but from all of my character defects and the fears and the, the need to keep going back, the obsession um, that drove me back to the food alleviated. Um, and with that, so did my excuses um, or or seeking excuses for eating. Um so I just wanted to uh, share that, and, and you know, say if anyone's looking for, you know, the excuse, time. Um, I will stop there and say, um, you know, get into a, this book, reach out to the people on the line, and um, you know, do the work in, time. in this book. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tiffany P. Sue so, C.
14: It's your turn, followed by Kathy G. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for your service. This is Susie from Southern New Jersey. And um, I can definitely identify with Fred. Um, we heard no more of Fred for a while. So that was me like three years ago. I was doing this program. I had a sponsor. Um, and, you know, I just decided that I didn't need this program because I was like, well, I'm doing this these things every day. You know, why do I need to call someone let them know like I can do this on my own I just really believed that and um, I did like have an argument with my sponsor and she was trying to convince me that I needed to stay and I was just like really being obstinate like no um, I don't need this and during the same time period my son had my youngest son had gone off to college so you know I think thinking back on it it was like I was definitely really lonely um, you know like single mom and just being on my own for the very first time was kind of um, you know scary for me and I wasn't ready to admit that but you know I just was like okay I can do this on my own um, I don't need anyone and um, you know for a few days I was okay doing it on my own and and just gradually over time it um, you know kind of escalated started affecting my weight started affecting my health and when it really had a health scare when I had a checkup with my doctor, I was like, wow, like, what am I doing? And I just felt this, still, I just felt this sense of, um, I guess, shame for not being perfect. Like, okay, I can't come back. And, you know, people are going to think, oh, you know, look, she failed or whatever. Um, So it was really difficult for me to come back. And I did. I'm grateful that I did. And I feel like um, on a different Um, in a different place now because I do recall not actually believing what I was hearing about the big book. I'm like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. That's only for alcoholics. But, you know, today when I read it, I do see how it definitely applies to me. So I'm very grateful for everyone on the line. And thanks everyone for listening. I pass. Thank you, Sue. Kathy
0: G, it's your turn.
15: Thanks, Maura. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Kathy G, Grateful, Recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. And uh, glad to be with all of you this morning. Well, I can't help but feel compassion for Fred when I read this, and uh, kind of wants to it kind of makes me want to cry for the part of me that used to take the bait of the lie that this time I could somehow handle the substance that every time brought me back to the same, I'm thinking of the big book where it says, A Bitter Morass of Self-Pity. Because he came out of the sentence right before this where he was positive that the humiliating experience that he just went through plus the knowledge he had acquired would keep him sober for the rest of his life. He was positive that self-knowledge would fix it. And that's really how I used to be. I was sure that, you know, when I heard this idea or that scheme or this easier, softer way, this time I was going to be able to do it. This time I would not hurt myself with food. I'd be able to deal with it. And then the next line, you know, he's back in the hospital. Oh, man, I could just cry for that. Because this illness, it, it just is. It's cunning, baffling, and powerful. And we really believe that we can take a hold once we get some self-knowledge, once we think we have the new solution. But it was in uh, 2017. Actually, the last time I hurt myself with food was July 11, uh, 2017. And July 12th, which is two years ago today, um, was my abstinence date. And if you ever told me that I was going to have two years free, from hurting myself with food and, you know, being in that car seat with those boxes of uh, finding the perfect shortbread or the M&Ms, you know, whatever it was, I don't think I would have believed you. So I just wanted to come on this morning and say thank you. Because it was listening to this line and hearing people talk about the program of recovery that really changed my life and it continues to because I need to hear every single day or I'm going to end up back like Fred because I'll convince myself that maybe I have this and maybe I don't need this and by listening to you every day. I just continue to know that I do and I'm really forever grateful. So thank you so much and thank you, Maura. I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy G for sharing that special day with us. Okay, it is 7.50, we've got five minutes left so I'm gonna take two, maybe three. Who would like to share? Jason K. Jason K. Anybody else? Carmella G. Carmella G. Absolutely. Okay, Jason K. Go ahead.
2: Good morning. Uh, this is Jason K. Recovered compulsive eater and believer from outside of Philadelphia. And I love Fred because Fred just had everything going for him. He, uh, you know, like me. You know, I had, came from a good family. I had good education. I had uh, plenty of privilege. You know, not like I'm born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but he says uh, what I hear him saying when he uh, kind of leaves and and kind of goes away from these members of AA is he basically says, thank you very much. I've got this. I I can handle this. Uh, And it's rational and logical to believe in some sense that, you know, after we've experienced this uh, pain and humiliation uh, that we'd uh, be able to make up our minds and stay away. From our compulsive foods and food behaviors, and you know, I did this in OA. I'd get some recovery or get some abstinence. I'd lose, you know, twenty, thirty, forty pounds, and uh, I, I'd say, I, I got this. Why would I ever eat those foods again? They 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 ruin my life. They tear me down. They, they bring me to this uh, demoralization, and I would do it again. I'd go back into the food. Uh, and then I'd say, well, let me, let me, okay, I'm willing, I'm willing to get rid of flour and sugar. And I worshiped the food plan for a while, uh, thinking, you know, if I just don't eat flour and sugar, then I'll, uh, then I'll be able, I'll be able to stay abstinent, you know. Uh, and, and meanwhile, you know, using a lot of tools, making a lot of phone calls, going to a lot of meetings, but not ever actually working, working the steps. And for me, you know, if, if self-knowledge, uh, doesn't work, uh, and I pursued that for a long, long time, you know, on therapist's couch, self-analyzing, you know, writing journals after, journal after journal. I'd write 100 pages in a Microsoft Word document, and then I'd stash it away. I remember doing that, you know, 10, 11, 12 times in a year. And if self-knowledge doesn't work, we have to turn to God, turn to a higher power. The big book says, you know, it says in there, there's one with all power. May we find him now. Um, I hope, I hope, if you're on the sign, if you're wondering, you know, you can become disillusioned that self, self-knowledge isn't going to work, isn't going to fix us. We just don't have that power. We can't make up our minds and carry out this commitment to stay away the food. I couldn't. I tried, and I tried, and I tried for year after year after year um, a- a- until it brought me to my knees. So uh, I'm happy to be here today turning again and again towards a higher power, towards the solution through the steps. Uh, the steps which get me unblocked, get me connected uh, to that higher power. Um, So may we all find him now, and with that I pass.
0: Thanks, Jason K. Carmela G., you've got two minutes. I miscalculated, I'm sorry.
16: No problem.
0: Do you want me? Carmela? I um, I was unmuted. Yes, two minutes. You've got two minutes, Carmela.
16: Thank you. Um, this is Carmela G from New York. Um, the the last line is what got me. Had no excuse for drinking. Who ex- ex- exhibited splendid judgment and determination in all his other concerns, yet was flat on the back, on his back. Um, this disease is so insidious. Even when our food is clean and and it's down, if we don't work this program, as it said, like our hair is on fire, the thoughts creep in and it's in our mind that we go back to the thinking that we, we got this, we can handle this, and... Life goes on, and we get more and more involved in life, and all of a sudden, there we are, flat on our back, and we wonder why we can't concentrate, why we can't do the things, and it's because all of a sudden we're taking those reins back, little by little. Not obvious like when we were in full-blown disease, but just that insidious that's seeping in, and that is what has happened on occasion. And thank God I say, wow, that was unusual, Carmela. Why are you feeling like this when I would do my steps 11 at night, when I do that nightly review? And that is why it is so important every day to work them and live in those steps because if we have that plug slip out just a little, we can be in the danger zone. So that is the way I must live this program daily in order to stay in the sunlight. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass.
0: Thanks so very much, Carmela G. Thank you to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Important number for today, the share ID 13146. One, one, and we'll now close the reading, close with the reading from the big book, page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. Carmela G, would you please read for us?